Let me invite you to turn to the Gospel of Luke as we begin a new book. We thank God again for the time he allowed us to go through First John. So this morning we will be considering verses 1 to 4 of Luke chapter 1. So please stand there and I read. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you as excellent your feelings, that you may have certainty concerning the things uh, the things you have been taught. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we come before you this morning. We have just sung that we desire to hunger for your ways. And our cry again is that you would cause us to hunger for your word. So that even as you feed us, oh Lord, we would be fully satisfied. That you would help us to take in your word. To nourish our hungry souls. We pray that you would not only nourish our souls. But that you would save the lost. That for those who are dead spiritually, those who do not know Christ, oh Lord, our prayer and our cry is that as Christ is lifted up, that he would draw many to himself, even today. Please help me, Lord, as I bring forth your word. Help me to be clear, to be faithful, be simple, so that your people would be blessed this morning. We pray again that you would strengthen the weak, that you would warn the careless, and that you would save the lost. Do all this, O Lord, by the power of your Spirit. For we pray and ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Now, in uh, around 2018, the world, the world football governing body, FIFA, introduced a certain technology, uh, what's called the VAR technology, uh, which is a video assisting or assistant referee. And the reason why they did that is because referees sometimes would make the wrong decisions, they would make the wrong calls because they were simply depending on their eyes, and sometimes they didn't see things clearly because someone was in front of them, or people are in front of them, or they were looking somewhere else. And so they introduced that technology to sort of help and aid them to be, to make genuine or good decisions. And it can be said that honestly, it has, it has improved, that technology has improved the genuineness of the decisions that these referees make, right? Because where they would have failings in themselves, they would refer to this technology, and this technology would help them. So if the human witness is here, technology helped to raise it to somewhere like here. 
And when I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking about a discussion or a conversation I had with someone a few years back on why is it that when Christ was on earth, there was no video recording, for example, of what he did? Why is it that, for example, Christ, God didn't send Christ to come at a time like this when we have internet, when we have TV, when we have a way of transmitting what, with that which is virtual so that we may be able to know what this person is saying is true because here is a video, isn't it? And I remember after thinking about that, reading a book on the authority of scripture, that technology, all the technology we have, can simply raise what is or what we witness to a certain point. But the work of God, the Creator Himself, being involved in the communication of a truth from an eyewitness, does far, far more than what technology can do. Because God is greater than technology, isn't it? Even technology itself will fail in giving us genuine witness. We know that people have tampered with videos, isn't it? And we know now with the AI and the way that AI is, someone can even create a video where you are seeing something and it appears to be you, but it's not you. So, in other words, even technology itself is fallible. It's full of air. It can be tampered with. But a witness that is backed by the Spirit of God, oh, how far higher in genuineness it is. How far greater in power it is. So this morning, I want to deliver to you, as we consider these verses, that the witness we have about Christ in the scriptures, in the gospels, is genuine. It must be received. It is true. And why is it true? Because the Lord, God himself, the Holy Spirit is the one who inspired this man to write what is written. The Holy Spirit is the one who gave the eyewitnesses remembrance so that they may be able to communicate those things clearly and faithfully in a way that no technology could do. The power of God, dear brethren, is far greater than any technology, is far greater than anything that man can invent. And therefore, we can faithfully and we can joyously receive the word of God because of that. It is backed, not by technology that man has made, that can be compromised, that can be tampered with, but by God himself, the creator of the heaven and earth. And so this morning, let us continue, uh, consider this reality that the scriptures, or let us consider the genuine witness of Christ as laid out in the scripture as we look at this preface. So this brief preface, uh, verse 1 to 4, 
is written to a man by the name of Theophilus, who is probably a, a high-ranking person in the government then, who had come to faith, who had been taught, as Luke says, he had been taught verbally the things about Christ, and, and, and the Lord had worked in his heart and he had saved him. But then Luke, inspired of the Holy Spirit, now gives an account, a careful account, an orderly account to this man so that his faith would be strengthened, so that he may receive those things. And just as we read this preface and we look at the genuine witness of Christ that is recorded in the Bible, I want us to consider a number of things as we look at this passage so that we may know that what we have, the sure word we have in the Bible, is true, is trusted, and those who believe in it, those who believe in the Christ of the Bible, will receive salvation. So the first thing I want us to see from this passage is what Luke says or what he presents in his opening, and that is that there are many efficient witnesses of Christ. So he says in verse 1, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, so looking at that passage, someone might wonder, what is Luke talking about? Is he saying um, simply that there are other accounts? Well, when we look at this passage from the Greek, it will help us to understand what Luke is talking about. Luke be begins by stating, telling Theophilus and telling us this morning, that there have been many earlier attempts, actually the, that Greek word undertaken is the word attempt, and some of your Bible have it as attempts to narrate the life of Christ. But in his introduction, Luke uses this important word to show that these men have tried to take these things to hand. The word attempt, or the Greek word to take to hand, is negative in this passage. What Luke is saying that is that uh, these writings of some of these people who had had an account of Christ were not successful. And the tense used gives the translation that they have already failed. This word to take to hand is found also in a passage like Acts 19 and 13. Um, and it's also found in the, in, uh, in the uh, account of the sons of Sceva, where they attempt to cast out this demon. Right? That's the same word. They attempted... And they did what? They, they failed, isn't it? So this is the same word that Luke uses. Luke is here not 
including the authentic and inspired historians like Matthew and Mark, which had, had already been written by the apostles or their companions. Luke is addressing all the writings that were circulating at this time about the man Jesus Christ that were extra biblical. These writings did not have the signature of the Holy Spirit. They were not inspired of the Holy Spirit. Now, in those times, there were a lot of accounts that were being written all over the place about Christ. Now, this also includes some of those uh, writings by well-meaning saints in those days who wanted to give an account of Christ. And what Luke says about them is that even these efforts of the well-meaning saints were human efforts. And God, by, her, by his design, would not allow them to continue. An example of this is, you find that there are many apocryphal writing about, writings about Christ. You have the Gospel of the Nazarenes. You have the Gospel of Judas. You have the Gospel of Thomas. Don't know whether you've heard of them. There are just so many. There were so many circulating at that time. So many uh, were destroyed or providentially got lost. Some of them still remain, but they are just in, in simple leather parchments that have been completely lost or that are distorted. But when you look at them, when you read them, some of them have exaggerations or have a certain emphasis that is not true. They were not genuine. For example, the Gospel of the Nazarene, which is a gospel, quote-unquote, about Christ, was largely orthodox. So it recorded some of the things that Christ did, but it emphasized the Jewish traditions, Jewish culture, at the expense of the person and the work of Christ. Because it was written by men who are Jews, probably well-meaning believers who are Jews, but then because of their human weaknesses, they tended to do what? To skew things, to lean towards what they, they like and they want. And therefore, it was not genuine, or it was deficient, a deficient witness. But this also includes this uh, reality of deficient witness, is those that were forgeries written by false witnesses. And there are many that were there circulating, which were exaggerated and twisted accounts of Christ. For example, I'm, I'm just giving you an example. There are many examples, but let me give you an example of the gospel according to the Hebrews. And one of the things as uh, I was doing research and looking at some of these, you will find, for example, with the gospel according to the Hebrews, it looks okay from the beginning until you get to the end on the account of the resurrection of Christ. And what you notice is that 
it contradicts all the other gospels by saying that Christ, when he rose from the dead, he appeared first to his brother James. Now, we know from the true and genuine witnesses that Christ appeared to who? To the women, isn't it? He, he appeared not to James, his brother. And therefore, they are deficient in that way. And now when we look at ourselves, we might wonder, well, what does it have to do with us? There are, in the same way, many attempts to bring out the works of Christ, who Christ is. And some of them, again, by well-meaning people, but which fail at it. We have, for example, the movie of Christ. I don't know whether you watched that when you were young. I remember watching it. Every Easter we would watch that movie because it will always come on TV. And although it does contain some things that are true about Christ, it is deficient because it is the work of men. Men who are not inspired, who are trying their very best to capture what is in the Bible. And you will find in some places they will add their own effects and their own emphasis for their own plans. The movie that came out a few years ago about Christ, uh, The Passion of Christ, we were discussing it at Bible study, uh, in a Bible study this week, and we were talking about, if you look at that movie, there is an emphasis, overemphasis on the physical uh, pains of Christ over his spiritual pain, isn't it? It just shows us about the physical reality. It doesn't show us, and let me say this, it cannot show us of the pain that Christ felt on the cross when he cried out, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? That the father could not look at the son, that he was he, he, he was taking upon himself at that time on the cross the wrath of God. No more can capture that. And therefore, it is what? Efficient. It fails. Even the best of movies created by the best of directors and that has the most money and has the best uh, CGI technology, it will fail. And that's why this is the best and only genuine account of Christ. That's what Luke is saying. What Luke is saying is that all these writings, even though some of them were written by well-meaning believers at that time, lacked the mark of the Holy Spirit. In that these men were guided, were not guided, sorry, by him. And as John Gill puts it on his commentary on this passage, these were then not proper to be transmitted to posterity. God, in his sovereign guidance, ensured that these writings, even though they contained some truths about Christ, were not continued, were not accepted by believers, since they lacked that guidance of the Spirit. That signature of the Holy Spirit, that inspiration 
of the Holy Spirit. They were purely efforts of men. And you remember this morning, what did we learn about the Bible? That yes, it is the writings of men, but men who are inspired by God himself. God is the one who, who guided them, used their human abilities to communicate his truths. Such that then those gospels, those writings, were simply the works of men. Scripture is not so. Yes, the Bible is written by men, as Luke says. He says that it is him who went out, uh, who wrote down the things he heard about Christ from eyewitnesses. But we know it is God by his Holy Spirit, who guides them, who helped them to bring out this truth. So, dear brethren, as we look at this statement by Luke, it should be an encouragement for us that if you want to find out about the man, Jesus of Nazareth, what is the best place to go to? Go to the Bible. Don't go to what Hollywood shows about Christ. And sadly, I have seen that, I don't know whether it still happens, but when I was young, people used to do evangelism by showing that movie. So they would go somewhere and they would set up a, a, a screen and they would show the movie of Christ in schools and, and in, in maybe uh, open grounds. And then they would call people to come and receive the Christ made by Hollywood. That's a deficient witness of Christ. We, in our evangelism, must bring out the Christ of the Bible clearly and faithfully as it is written, not depending on Hollywood, not depending on the ideas of men, not saying, well, you know, when people hear preaching, because that's one of the ideas they, they have, eh? that when people hear preaching, they, they sleep. Therefore, you know, we live in a culture where people are audiovisual. And therefore, we need to bring out the life of Christ in a visual way. No, the only visuals they need is to read their Bibles. And you will know the Christ of the Bible. So this then, Luke says, are deficient. They are attempts. They are nothing more than attempts. They have already failed. But then it doesn't end there. We see that secondly, that having brought that reality out, Luke then shows that there are those who are the chosen and genuine witnesses of Christ, those who have been chosen of God. Those, there are those who God allowed them to be there in the, in, the, in the ministry of Christ, the earthly ministry of Christ, and who were there with him. Therefore, he makes use of them. 
in verse 2, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. So one of the things that we need to see is that the human memory, like all other faculties of man, is not just affected by sin, but it is affected by our creaturely weaknesses. This is why. This is why the perfect and accurate remembrance of the witness or the witnesses of the gospel is nothing short of a miracle. By the way, the Bible is a miracle that way. Inspiration is a miracle. Why? It is a divine act that makes weak men because we are all we all have those creaturely weaknesses and the apostles were human beings like us. Just like we have memory lapses and we have issues with our memories now and then, they were also men like us. And they were susceptible to forget or not to remember clearly some of the words or some of the actions. But we know that for the apostles, for the eyewitnesses, this is something that God helped them with. We see the promise of Christ about the Holy Spirit to his apostles in John in John 14 and verse 26, an interesting promise is made to the apostle. So this is something that was to the apostles. John 14 and verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will do what? He will teach you all things and bring to you a Remembrance all that I have said to you. All, not some of them, not a little bit here and there. All that I have said to you. He is the one who will help you to remember everything. It's not that the 12 of you or the 11 of you have a good memory. Christ was not saying you guys have a very good memory. And that's why I trust in you. No. I will help you. I will send my spirit to help you to remember because you cannot remember. You don't have the ability to remember everything in clear detail. You know, like for example, when, when uh, we, we see the account that and uh, when the, the, the 5,000 are being fed, we are being told, uh, we are told that they, by Luke, the eyewitnesses of Luke, that they sat down on in grass. I mean, that's a detail. That's a detail. Such details can often be forgotten. But they remember to such pinpoint detail. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit king in them. The promise of the Holy Spirit was fulfilled as Luke demonstrates in verse 2 by those who 
from the beginning were eyewitnesses. And it's interesting that they are called, they are called eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered to us. They were not just, uh, they remembered those truths, not for their own sake, but they remembered them so that they may be what? Ministers. In other words, this is talking about the apostles or those who are with Christ in his earthly ministries. Those who he, he empowered to remember these truths and to communicate them faithfully to others. This is what Luke is saying. You have that which is genuine in your Bibles. Why? Because you have those who were chosen by Christ, those who were empowered by the Holy Spirit, and those who communicated them. They ministered them to us. They, in other words, were our servants in that way. That's the word used there. They are our servants. God reminded them all those things so that they may pass them to men like Luke, who would then record them faithfully and bring them to us. So again, this is pointing to the work of the apostles who are with Christ in his earthly ministry, ministry, who are called and who witnessed his baptism. They heard his teachings. They saw his miracles. They were there when he hung on the cross and when he breathed his last and he, when he died. But who saw him risen from the dead. When he appeared to them in that room, they were locked up in fear, locked up in anxiety, as appears to them. And he showed them where the nails had gone through his hands. And he showed them where the spear has, had pierced him. And we were even told that they touched even like Thomas saw him he touched saw that they were witnesses of that and the Holy Spirit enabled them communicate them to us all that they all that they translated was not simply out of good memory but a Holy Spirit empowered memory if I can put it that way and this is what Peter says in 2 Peter 1, 16-21. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the, uh, you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when we received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice, so they had a voice, they had it, they saw and they heard, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. 
for we were not with, uh, for we were, sorry, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamb shining in a dark place until the dawn, uh, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is what Peter says about the Bible. They were eyewitnesses, but they were eyewitnesses. They were genuine witnesses. The reason why they are genuine witnesses is because the Holy Spirit was working in their hearts to ensure that their memory would be faithful and would remember all that we need to, to know for the salvation of our souls. So please don't look for extra extra biblical ideas to understand who Jesus is. Because sometimes even godly men sometimes over depend on history. You can depend on over depend on a historian. Uh, is it by the name of um, the Jewish historian Josephus. You know there are those who Depend on Josephus to understand Jesus. Please don't go to Josephus. Don't go to Jewish historians to understand Jesus. You can read them, but let not your faith be anchored on the words of men. Let your faith be anchored on this. What the Spirit brought to remembrance to these eyewitnesses and which have been recorded for our good. This, uh, this divine work is what Luke depended on as he wrote his account. He states that having followed all these things closely to show that he depended on his close relationship and walk with these eyewitnesses, we know that Luke was a companion of the apostles and he interacted with them and thus was able to gain first-hand information of the earthly ministry of Christ from them. It is this information, this truth, that he carefully records in his account. And I pray that as we look at, uh, Lord willing, as the Lord enables us, as we look at this account, let's not just look at it as the account of a man. This is what God has given to us about his son. And that's why the truths of the Bible are so important. For those who may be here and who may just think of Jesus as that good man that you saw in that wonderful movie, let me introduce you to the true Christ, the Bible. The one that the apostle, apostles witnessed and remembered by the power of the Holy Spirit and they brought to us 
this Christ is fully man and fully God. This Christ came to save the lost like you. He came to save a dying humanity, a humanity that was under God's judgment. This is the only Jesus that can save you, the Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus that was witnessed and testified to by the apostles. Don't go to any other Jesus that men tell you. So Jesus appeared to me. So read about the Jesus who appeared to the apostle, who walked with the apostle. That is the Jesus that will save you from your sin. That is the Jesus who has power to save you. But that is also the Jesus who will judge sinners on the final day. If you continue in your sin, continue in your way, if you continue rejecting the truths of the Bible and you want to be the captain of your own life, you will stand before this Jesus, who these men were eyewitnesses of. Now as your judge, repent and believe in him. Receive this witness today. Don't wait until uh, history proves Jesus more or uh, um, archaeology proves the Bible more. No. Believe the truths of these genuine eyewitnesses. But then thirdly, and as I finish up, so we've seen the reality of deficient witnesses, the reality of the chosen and genuine witnesses. But then, there is an importance to this. God has designed that this genuine and this chosen, this Holy Spirit empowered witnesses would not just record the truth of the, of the Bible for our own information, but so that it might transform us. The Bible is not simply a historical book. It's not simply uh, an account of Jesus that we read and we say, wow, wonderful, this is Jesus. And then we go and we continue on with our own lives. The words of the Bible, written by men who are, who are inspired by the Spirit, who the Spirit reminded them of the things of Christ, they have been written to grant us a blessing. There are blessings, there are major blessings in receiving this truth. And this is what uh, Luke says, that you, O Theophilus, that as you read this account, O Theophilus, you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Now we know that every book ever written has a purpose, isn't it? Every book ever written has a purpose. It seeks either to impart something or to excite something in us or on the reader. It could be to entertain, right? 
or it could be to give insight into a certain matter or give you information or even to give you misinformation. It has an end. It has a purpose. Every writer has a purpose. Just like when you write a text message, just like when you write an email, you have a purpose, isn't it? Therefore, in the same way, the writings of the Bible have a purpose. They have an end to them. For Theophilus, for those who love God, for those who are in Christ, that they may have certainty, that they may be grounded, that they may be strengthened in their faith. No other book can do this. No other writing can do this. There are many good books out there. But let me recommend to you, based on this passage, that the best book to help you grow in your spiritual life is this book. Before you read any other book, read, meditate, absorb this, what is written in here. And then you can go to other books. Let this be that which gives you certainty in your faith. We see that the authors of the scriptures, unlike the other authors, have a higher and superior purpose, which they want to impart and to excite in the saints. The words of the scriptures, this Sure words, these true words are superior in what they produce because it is only the words of the Bible that can affect the inner man. There is nothing that can go deep into the inner man, no writing. There is nothing that can fix your heart the issues of your heart, to penetrate the issues of your heart, like the Bible. No, <laughs> no psychologist or counselor can do this. It's only the Bible that has this power, this ability. This is what the writer of Hebrews says in, <coughs> sorry, in Hebrews 4, in verse 12, talking about the Bible. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and of the spirit and of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the reason for the Bible, the reason from this, for the scriptures, the reason for this Sure, genuine witness is not simply to add information about Christ, but to have our hearts transformed as we receive the truths about Christ. Luke states that in his in this account, uh, 
oh, in, in the beginning of rather in the beginning of this account, his purpose it is written for the spiritual good of the reader. It is written so that you, O believer, so that you may have certainty concerning the things you've been taught. Theophilus had been taught verbally about Christ. He had believed in him and had continued in this, but he needed to interact with the written witness for his spiritual good. Again, as John Gill puts it, the, 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 this witness, uh, giving a commentary on this passage, it is to increase his knowledge of Christ, strengthen his faith, and to give him such sure proof of things, and thus preserve him in the belief of them, and keep him from all doubting and defection. Now, dear saints, this proves, this verse proves that we need to interact with the written word for the growth and the strengthening of our faith. And let me say that, that again. This proves that we need to interact with the written word for the growth and strengthening of our faith. There is therefore no substitute for the written word in our lives. This is why you must read your Bible. This is why it is your duty to read your Bible. It is good to listen to someone. You know, I, I mean, we, we thank God that because of things like YouTube and someone audio, that we can listen to almost someone's on every doctrine that there can ever be. By just the click of a website, you can get all the information you want. But listen, nothing can be a substitute for you reading your Bible. You taking up your Bible, opening it up, praying that God may open up these truths to you, and you read them. Look for it fit that Theophilus has a written. You know, Luke would have just said, Theophilus, you have already been taught. Imagine he had been taught. Taught about Christ. He knew about Christ. But then he says, Oh, Theophilus, you need the written word. So that those things you've been taught, they may be grounded. They may be firmed up in you. So the written word cannot be substituted. And this is why great saints of old, like John Wycliffe, died to ensure that people could read the Bible in a language that they understand. I mean, read, read about John Wycliffe. He believed in this truth, that people need to have Bibles that they can read for themselves. 
and he died. He was executed for fighting for this, saying, no, we must have an English Bible because he came from England. Men and women died so that you can have the Bible that you hold in your hand. More importantly, the Holy Spirit worked in the hearts of men so that you can have that Bible you have in your hand. Can we then allow our Bibles to then be full of dust because we don't open them? Because I can go on YouTube and I can just click and listen to a sermon. Because I can go on someone audio and just click and listen to a sermon. Please don't ignore the, re the, the written word. Reading it. And especially looking at the times that we live in, where there is less and less value on the written word. We have all this fuss and craze about visions, isn't it? Prophecies. You know, go to this man and he will prophesy about you. Oh, go to this woman and she will give you a vision about your life. You know what that's doing? That's taking people farther and farther and farther away from the word of God. That's why people are finding it hard to just sit down and read their Bible. Do not allow anything to come between you and your Bible. The written word is important. Just as it was important to Theophilus and to give him certainty concerning the truths he had been taught. You and I need the written word, the Bible. The written word is described by Peter in the passage I've just read as a lamp shining in a dark place. It is a guide and a comfort in this life. Could it be that the reason why we struggle with anxiety, the reason why we struggle with mental issues, the reason we struggle with sin is because we do not ground ourselves on the word of God? Could it be the reason why you are doubting your faith? that you do not interact with the word of God. Oh dear saint, they turn back to the word. It is a means by which we are saved, we are strengthened, and we gain eternal life. John says this in John 20, verse 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name let us meditate on the word of God soak yourself in God's word we have been given this genuine true witness 
for our spiritual good. Do not neglect it if you want to grow. Do not neglect it if you want to be strengthened in your faith. If you want to win your fight with sin, do not neglect. For the unbeliever, if you want to find salvation, if you want to find peace with God, if you want to have life and eternal life, it is only this Christ of the Bible who can grant it to you. I pray that you have interacted with him and that you would believe in him, put your hope in him, and he will save those who come to him. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this afternoon. We thank you for the truths of your word. Oh Lord, we thank you that you ensured that we have the sure word, the sure witness of Christ from those men who walked with him, the men who heard him, the men who saw him being uh, a compassionate and caring Savior to the lost. We pray, O oh Lord, with much thanksgiving that we do not have to go to historians to find out about this Jesus, that it is laid out for us clearly and faithfully in your heart to help us that we would not go to any other thing to find Jesus, that we would not go to visions of men, prophecies of men, ideas of the world, whether it's Hollywood or any other thing, help us to be grounded in Christ as we read the word. And help us that we would gain this certainty of our faith. As we read your word, we would grow in being sure of that which is given to us in Christ. We do also pray for those who do not know Christ. For those who have had many reasons why they cannot believe in the man Jesus. Oh Lord, we pray that your word, even this day, would convict them. That they are turning away from the genuine witness that is laid out in the Bible to the detriment of their own souls. And oh Lord, we pray that you would save them, have mercy on them. That the spirit who inspired this word would work in their hearts so that they may receive them and so that they may gain eternal life. Again, Lord, we thank you. Be with us. Pray and ask this in Christ's name.